All right, all right. It is Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. What's happening, good people? As you guys know, on Fridays, we like to get with extraordinary leaders. And hey, I am excited to be here with my dog, Elijah Muhammad. This is going to be an amazing, amazing episode. So before we even jump this thing off, go ahead and like and go ahead and share because this is going to be an amazing dialogue. I've had the opportunity to interview Elijah uh, three times. And every single time I leave with something that I learned that makes my life better. So Elijah, from what I know about him, he has a, a college prep course um, that is specifically uh, specifically created to help prepare young leaders for college. He has uh, enrolled, I believe it's, I want to say it's more than 20 inner city yeah. students into college, which is amazing, you guys. He breaks generational cor uh, uh, curses. He has a whole family of genius pedigree. I don't know what he is doing, but every single one of his students, including his wife, his amazing rib, has done extraordinary things in the community. They consistently push the boundaries of education. They have the youngest African-American graduate in college right now in their home who is graduating in May of 2022, Ms. Shania Muhammad. Um, man, everything about Elijah speaks volumes when it comes to excellence and when it comes to legacy. Um, we always talk about choosing proper mate, which is something we don't often discuss. We often have conversations about what the wealthy do to preserve their lineage with the wealth mindset. And I get all of this information from Elijah. So if you guys are ever wondering why I'm talking about, you know, just excellence, standards, thinking ahead and thinking forward, I get this from my guy, Elijah. All right. So Elijah, welcome to Modern Manhood, bro. I'm excited to have you on our platform. Let's go. Man, I appreciate it. Thank y'all for bringing me on. Listen, we have been, we have been following your journey and seeing like on, on a firsthand basis, the amazing things that you, you and your family are accomplishing. And it's just like, they just keep coming one after the next, one after the next. It's, it's astounding. And so even when we talked about, when Donnell and I talked about having you on here, like last year, so much of what we're seeing of you guys hadn't even come like to the, to the front yet. There were like, it's the person that we were talking about speaking with, Last year, it's not even the same person who's sitting in front of us now Man. because of the things that you and your family have accomplished. That, like, that is amazing. Man, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, I would say, man, uh, it is definitely a team effort. And uh, what I admire most about, you know, what we've accomplished is we did it through adversity. So a lot of times mm. that you hear similar stories like, you know, uh, what, what we've done as a family, you know, it's, it, there's a lot more support network in place, family, friends, things like that. Uh, we didn't really yeah. have that, you know, we didn't really have that. And so I just kind of feel like, you know, we, and I kind of say this all the time, but I'm like, you know, we, we gotta be the evidence of God's plan. Cause it wasn't just, you know, my mm. plan and alone, mm. you know, God definitely had his hands in it. And I mean, you know, to whatever deity or God you pray to, you know, I'm Muslim, but, you know, we study Christianity and other things like that. And I don't I don't like religious divisions at all with our people because I feel like unity is our only option, you know. Mm. And so it's about yeah. literally doing the work. So I focus on doing the work. But, yeah, we definitely um, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Uh, a lot of it is about uh, strategic, intentional planning. You know, so it's, it, it, it wasn't just, hey, random, you know what I mean? It, it's you got to put the work in. So uh, a lot of people that ask me, you know, uh, even with my program, it's called Prep One Collegiate Academy. And I okay. developed it because I was just like, 
you know, we're looking at different areas of reform, you know, and, and how to better position ourselves. Because uh, I tell people like in the African-American community, you have parenting and then you have positioning. You know, so mm. the parenting thing is like, all right, well, you know, provide the food, shelter and the clothing for my kid, which is which is great. We need it. Definitely need it. Um, but positioning is intentional. So positioning is when you look at your child, and you say, look, I'm exploring their greatness. I'm exploring their genius. And it takes you to do it. The child's not going to know that on their own. And here's right. the thing, if they do. You you got lucky, man. You got blessed if they do. But typically yeah. they don't. So you have to be intentional about exploring their genius. And I, I look at it like my family to me is my garden. All right. So so there's seeds being planted. Right. And then, you know, they're they grow. Right. So uh, what 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 destroys plants in the garden? Weeds do. These are right. things that are growing that ain't supposed to be there. So you got to pluck the weeds out of your garden. The weeds are the distractions. OK. And there's plenty of them. You know, that cell phone, man, it's, it's a dangerous tool in our day and time. And I remind, you know, I'm 41 years old. So I was born in 80, grew up in the 90s. I remind our parents, look, man, we grew up without that stuff and we turned out just fine. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, you're not it, it, in my opinion, it does more damage uh, than it does help. So it, I look at it, you know, it, without monitoring. And a lot of times the parents are just saying, you know, here's the phone. Well, I need to be able to get in touch with them. And I, and I understand that when they're 16, right. 17 driving. OK, but if you ain't mm -hmm. got no driver's license, you ain't got no car. I don't I don't believe that the phone is mandatory. I believe that uh, it gives you access uh, to the world. And then the world also has access to you. So a lot of the parents, as far as time wise goes, no, they don't have the time to monitor it. But right. the kids, man, they tapping into all kind of stuff. And we gotta we gotta be mindful about you know what they're being exposed to. Man, you know, sadly, we don't even do this as adults or understand like the psychology behind the impressions that happens from those distractions. I used to wonder, even then, like how can we have so many more Albert Einsteins back then? And all of these geniuses that was really, really rare because they allowed themselves to be immersed in whatever gift that they had. But now nowadays, it's like we don't even we're not even giving it, and we have more technology at our disposal than before. Right, right. That's crazy. Yeah, and we don't we don't think about it. We're looking at the benefits, and it's 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 like anything in life, man. You you just got to do it in moderation. That's almost mm -hmm. the key. You know, whatever you're doing, do it in, in in moderation. But and I'm not I'm not a parent saying, hey, every kid should you know lose their phone that's under sixteen. I'm just saying parents got to step up a little bit more and monitor it. And and again, going back to uh, parenting and positioning, you have to be intentional about where you want to see your child. And then uh, right. going back to the African American community, the, it, it's sad, but the the thing that we're primarily intentional about is sports. So you right. know, it's kind of like, man, we 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 want to start our athletes off at four and five years old you know man basketball yeah. hey man my son been hooping you know since he could walk you know our playing fight he always had the ball in his hand and i'm like that's cool but man we are so much more greater than that if we knew our history if we studied yeah. the genius the innovators the, right. the engineers the scientists if we studied our history for real and i'm not saying man black history month i'm saying right. uh, black history is american history is right. our history is something that should be mandated in our homes so right. another thing too like and once you do that okay so then you understand that man we 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 can excel in so much. We already did this. Okay. Right. So now it's just replicating something that already was done and writing out that plan. And I, and I tell all my kids, 
they get up. We do morning writings. So right. our writing is part of manifestation, man. I know the text, the email, the DMs. I understand that, but man, get that pen and paper Intention. and write your goals down, man. Mm -hmm. Write them down. Write about write what you want to be in life. Write out your plan, your aspirations. You know, write those things down. So we're real intentional about those things. And I, and me and my my son is actually writing. My oldest son, he's writing a book called Balls so, Life. Okay, so bro, I want I want to interrupt. So I usually don't like to cut people off, but here's I want to welcome everybody who's jumping in and watching us live right now. Uh, okay. You guys are hearing. Um, we're talking with Elijah Muhammad. He is the patriarch of the Muhammad family. And like, we don't often hear people described as such because what I'm saying and what I'm, what I mean by that is, is he is leading a family legacy that, that we don't often see out here. Man. So what I want you to do, bro, what I want you to do is introduce us to your family. Just oh. give us, you know, introduce us to the members of your family because what I want people to understand is what you're talking about, what that leads to. What is the fruit of of the gems you're about to drop with us as you express how you have you have you have led such an amazing family? Gotcha, introduce gotcha. us to the clan, man. Okay, so introducing uh Team Muhammad. That's uh, right. <laughs> so that's right. So so my wife, uh my, me and my wife have been together going on 19 years. And uh, she just recently uh, defended her dissertation successfully. Let's go, doctor. So she is officially Doctor Muhammad, um, and and she uh, uh, graduated from uh, the prestigious Hampton University, which is the Ivy League HBCU. It's number four. You can Man. go Google it. Uh, yeah. So uh, she also has her uh, master's in rehabilitation counseling her LPC, her LPCS, her NCC. Like she is literally one of the highest certified African-Americans in counseling in the state of Oklahoma. So I'm extremely proud about that. Um, right. My 20 my year old daughter, Rashe Muhammad, um, she, she got a multitude of things going on. She got a book coming out called 20 Things You Can Accomplish Before 20. So she graduated um, from Epic Charter School uh, at 16 years old with a 4.0 GPA. She has her CNA certification, her home health aid certification. She has a four-year aquatics career. So she has her lifeguard mm. CPR first aid. Then she has her uh, lifeguard instructor certification, which is the teacher certification. She can teach and train them. She has a CPR instructor certification. Hold on, hold on. This is Shania or this is Rache? This, this is Rache. Okay, Rache, let's go. Yeah, this is Rache. Uh, she graduated from Metro Tech at 16 years old. Uh, she also got her associate's degree from Oklahoma City Community College at 19 years old. So, and she's currently attending uh, Langston University. Uh, she's working on her fourth graduation. Um, got a motorcycle license at 14, driver's license Jeez. 16. Oh yeah, she loaded, man. Um, yeah. and she's hey, currently bro, he over building the X Men. <laughs> at fourteen, bro. Go 14, ahead, carry yeah, on, Elijah. Yeah, uh, so my uh, that then uh, she got some more stuff coming out, but she says she want to wait until she finished. That's kind of like one of our mottos is we we celebrate when we cross the finish line. We oh. we don't fumble the ball on the one yard. We don't do that. Um, so the other thing, uh, my my. 18-year-old son, Elijah Muhammad Jr. All my boys are named Elijah. So I got three sons, and all of them are named Elijah. Um, so my 18-year-old uh, son, Elijah Muhammad Jr., uh, he's a Cassidy graduate. A lot of people, if you don't know about Cassidy. Wow, yeah, really? Cassidy is, is yeah, the best. Yeah, 
Yeah, Cassidy costs $22,000 a year is the number one private school yeah. in the state of Oklahoma. So he's a Cassidy graduate. He scored a 19 on the ACT in the eighth grade, and he was also yeah. 13 years old when he took – he was yeah, 13 years old when he took that te- when he took the ACT. Um, he also was the youngest DJ to ever DJ on 103.5. He he was on a, a year-long Wednesday live show. Uh he also uh DJ for he was the official DJ for the Oklahoma City Thunder at 14 yeah. years old. This was during the 2017-2018 uh season. And he DJed the Thunder Alley, which would have over like 6,000 people come out before the, the game, actually. Uh, in addition, he has his own uh, DJ and uh, equipment rental, uh, speaker equipment rental company. Um, he uh, goes by DJ EMC. He's been DJing for going on six years now. He started at 13 years old. So he's one of the top uh, college DJs. He's on a full-ride scholarship uh, to University of Arkansas Pond Bluff. He's an engineering major, and because he did dual enrollment at Oklahoma City Community College as well, uh, he's actually a sophomore right now. So he graduated high school 2021, but he did dual enrollment, and he's a sophomore right now. So Man. that's him, and he, and, yeah. and he got a book coming out called uh, Ball is Life, which uh, talks about the comparison between uh, the strategies of basketball and the strategies of life and business, how you can cross over and apply that same skill set to life because only 2% make it to the actual NBA. So his focus is on what the other 98% are doing that didn't go. Hey, did um, you catch the pun? You catch that pun on the crossover? Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, that's uh, my my middle son Elijah. Uh, we call him the machine, Elijah Machine mm-hmm. Muhammad. Uh, he's 16 years old. He's currently uh, at a military school, Thunderbird Youth Academy. Uh, he did that just to challenge himself. When I tell you this dude is like <laughs> freaking T'Challa, man, uh, from Wakanda, the stuff the guy can do physically is just nuts, man. He just he recently did a. Um, I mean, he's a two-time state champion uh, in track, so in the 800, uh, one-time regional champion, went to nationals, uh, was ranked 28th in the nation, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he uh two-time regional champion in wrestling, so he he literally it can, can do it all, but his primary now is CrossFit and fitness, and so I, he, he did like 49 pull-ups, which is just insane. I'm like, dude. I can't do like three. You tripping? Um, the dude just uh, he did an Artemis challenge where uh, uh, at his uh, academy and uh, they ran 16 miles throughout the night, uh, 50 pound pack on. So boots. I mean, like the dude really pushes the limit. Uh, he also does uh, construction. So I mean, he can build almost anything, and he's worked with uh, two different companies, construction companies of associates of mine, and they, I mean, they just love him and his work ethic. Uh, We call him the machine, man, because anything he puts his mind to, he accomplishes. Uh, He was at Dell City, I want to say two years ago, Dell City High School as a freshman at a 4.0. He ran varsity cross country. He uh, did varsity wrestling and varsity track. So he was a three-time letterman as a freshman with a 4.0 uh, before wow. I put him in prep one collegiate academy. All right, bumping down to my baby girl, um, Shania Shakur Muhammad, uh, this Mrs. Marvel right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Shania is 14 years old. She started college at 13 years old. 
She's the youngest to er, youngest African American to ever attend OU, and she went on campus. It wasn't online. She went on campus in person, even during the pandemic, um, and went to OU. Uh, she's the youngest to attend Oklahoma City Community College. She's the youngest to attend University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff. She's the youngest to attend Langston University. So she's on a, a full ride scholarship. She just recently got the 1890 uh, USD 1890 National Scholarship, which provides mm. a full ride to 19 different HBCUs, including uh, Southern, FAMU, Prairie View, A&M, wow. I mean, uh, North Carolina, A&T, Alabama. Hey. So it covers, uh, it's a full comprehensive mobile scholarship, which is so powerful. Books, fees, dorm room and board. It also covers an internship and guarantees you a position uh, with the uh, USDA up, upon graduation. So it was just phenomenal. But she's also the youngest McCabe scholar at Langston as well. Uh, so she's graduating on May 14th with uh associate's degree from Oklahoma City Community College and Langston University. And the crazy thing about it is they're on the same day. So at 10 yeah. o'clock, <laughs> at 10 o'clock, she'll be at Langston crossing the stage. And then at five o'clock, she'll be at Oklahoma City Community College crossing the stage. And I'm like, man, that's going to be wow. a busy day for us. But in yeah. addition to that, she's graduating um with the highest academic honor. So it's not right. just like, oh, well, she's graduating. Her, her cumulative GPA right now is a 3.8 which places her in the, in the cum laude is a summa cum laude, which is the highest academic honor you can, can get at Langston University. That's Shania. All right. My baby boy, Elijah Muhammad. This is the third Elijah Muhammad. Chupa the Bull. Um, he is a 10-time national champion in wrestling, three-time state champion, three-division state champion, two-time uh, U.S. Junior Olympic champion, um, he set the national record uh, for the fastest pin uh, at Reno Worlds, which was five-second pin. He pinned the kid in five-seconds at a national mm -hmm. tournament. Um, he also completed the fastest four matches. One match is three minutes. He completed four matches in 65 seconds. So, like, yeah, the dude is like a beast. Um, wow. in addition, yeah, in addition to that, they actually in a third grade, this a lot of people don't know just the academic balance that he has in addition to the to the sports, but they have a third grade reading test in Oklahoma that they tell parents, any parent that got yeah. kids they're in the third grade, they gotta pass that third grade reading test. Uh Chupa is the nickname. Chupa scores so high in the second grade on the reading test, they waived his third grade reading test. He didn't even have to take it. His scores, he, he was reading in the second grade. He was reading on a fifth grade level in the second grade. And they literally gave us a voucher that said he does not have to take the state mandated third grade reading. To That's the crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah, we was tickled by that. Um, uh, also, wow. he studies, he currently um, studies uh, robotics, robotic engineering and computer engineering. So mm -hmm. he literally builds robots not now in real time he builds them and then he also codes uh computers so he's i, I know he's working like on his second website but yeah the dude is like a genius super super man wow. listen i gotta ask you what is the formula for the pedigree what is the formula because behind every great player is a great coach and right, so i right. know i know from reading the book and from having discussions you sacrifice a lot and the fact that you are so immersed in the world, like your children are your world, you are really vested 
to where you know detail for detail upon detail of where they're at and their successes. And a lot of parents don't have that. They're just not as vested. So what is the formula, bro? Because you got a plan, the structure. I mean. Yeah, um, pre- pretty much uh, what what I say, man, is is definitely it would stem from mate selection. OK, I could not do this without my wife. You know what I mean? I couldn't do it mm-hmm. without my wife. And that's really, really important, man. So when I look at the black community and I'm, I'm not knocking the single parents, I'm not I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you're talking about greatness, this is what I liken it to. I tell I tell my kids, I say, can you run around a track, do a, a lap around the track with one one leg? Yes, you can hop around that track with mm-hmm. one leg. You, you can complete it. But it's a lot easier with two legs. It's a lot I like easier that. With two. You know, and so the thing about it is I grew up in a single parent household and I knew how difficult it was. My my father, I grew up in the 90s, crack cocaine, gang banging, New Jack City, boys in the hood, yeah. minister society. I grew up in that era where the gang stuff was for real. Um, And not having a father, my, my father was actually a crack cocaine addict. So, I mean, Man. I seen it firsthand, you know. And not having a father around, it affected me deeply, man. I'm like, wow, like, man, like, I'm thinking something wrong with me. Like, what did I do wrong? And I didn't understand that. But I I realized as I watched my peers and the things that we went through and struggled with, not having that father, not having that leadership in the home, it was difficult. And so for me, for a long time, I I was one of them kids at night crying silent tears, you know, because as as a boy, you can't cry. You know, you can't. that That ain't being a man what they tell mm-hmm. us. So I was like, when I, when I become a man, I'm going to be there for my kids, man. Like I'm, right. I'm going to actually be there for my kids. I'm going to make sure that I'm there. So that's, that was one of the things. And in order to do that, we just got, again, going back to the mate selection, man, they don't teach this. And if, if right. to me, if you ask me what's the most important thing to teach at home, it would be mate selection. And I say that because 50% of your peace in life is based on who you choose. It's who you choose and who you have children by. And when I look at it, you know, I actually have a blended family. People don't don't know that. They don't know that all of my children are not my biological children or, you know, and so and then they're not my wife's biological children. So we we have a blended family. But Mm. you wouldn't know that unless we told you that. And the thing about it was coming together, putting a plan. And and, and again, man, it's it's. You got to be real intentional, real delicate. And it's not like it was a cakewalk for us, man. When I say we went through the fire, bro, we went through the fire. We went through it like seriously. And it was a it was a learning curve because no one's teaching this stuff. No one's telling us how to do mm-hmm. these things. And what, what I kind of value um, in life period is not just uh, – where we're at, but how we're able to overcome adversity. Why? Yeah. Because it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people, man, when the sun is out and everything is looking good, and, and right. you know, couples, individuals, whatever. But when you face that storm, because it's a lot of stuff, man, that just comes at you unexpectedly. Just like, you know, my frat brother, Glenn, him losing his wife. Man. Right. What do, you, what do you do at that point? That's not something you forecast. That's not something you plan but right. he has to thrive and overcome. And some of the greatest people, man, if you study the greats, and I, I tell my kids all the time, study greatness. If you study the greats, you realize that none of them got there without going through adversity. Adversity. Yeah, adversity, it's like that fire. Yeah, you. man. You know, the crazy thing about it, when I think about it, too, is that character is only developed during trying times. And yeah. I think the reason why most people don't reach that greatness is because they never place themselves in position where it can be developed so it lies dormant. 
It's only right. whenever you go through adversity like that, that that innate aspect of yourself can be cultivated. But if you never, ever place yourself in positions where you can be comfortable and inconvenienced, it'll never come to light. No. Yeah. This this space, you know, so I have to go through this a lot with my patients and it makes more sense physically, but we don't we don't take that um, that understanding to to the mental aspects and to other spaces in our lives. As a, as a physical therapist, I'm working with patients who literally like hours ago were under surgery. Maybe let's say they got a they just got a knee replacement. So their current knee was taken out by their surgeon and then they had a new knee put into it. And the mm. first thing that we tell them and we share with them when they open their eyes after anesthesia wears off is, all right, we need to get up and walk. And of course, the idea is, what do you mean walk? Like, I just had right. surgery. But that that's based on the understanding that you cannot build strong bones unless you put weight on them. Mm. Your, your body doesn't recognize, oh, wait, this knee, this muscle, this bone, this tendon needs to get stronger, tighter, thicker, more solid unless you put the weight on it so that your brain and your body says, oh, we need to be able to do this again. We need to be able to get to this space. And that, that, that space that you're talking about, Elijah, is the same space we have to do for ourselves mentally and for our children mentally. And like you said, an intentional yet delicate manner that really forecasts what we want to see for our families. Right, Bro. right. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you for no that. Doubt. Tell me this. You know, we're hearing you talk about, um, you know, the accomplishments of your family and and the, the things that have been building for years. Like we're talking about this today, but only because over the past 20 years, this is something that that you and your family have been moving towards. What does that look like for you as, as, as a patriarch of your family to kind of plan this out or, or, or even try to try to see 20 years in the future? That's a great question. Man, it you know, I just always been like my faith has been strong with me for a long time. And I I, I truly believe in destiny. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, yeah, you, you got to understand um, that just like uh, you know, I used to play football. So you study your plays and then you study the film of the enemy as well or your opponent. Mm -hmm. um, I look at I, I know that there's a there's a, a force out there that's going to come against us. And and so I, I I project that and I plan for it. And I mm. said, look, man, so here are things that are going to come against us. And a lot of times, like with basketball, for instance, you can be great in offense, but you got to prepare for defense as well. And a lot of times we go through life and we're just thinking yeah. offensively. OK, this is what I want to do. This is what, you know, is interesting to me. This is what I want to manifest. But I also plan for the things that are going to come against us. I say, look, man, you know, in doing these things these forces are going to come against us and here are the manner in which they are going to come against us. Let's pay attention to some of the opposition. This is working on the defense. So when, when you hear about, you know, in sports, they say, you know, defense win championships, you know what I mean? And so what that means to me, like just looking long-term, I plan for the opposition as well. I, I believed mm -hmm. in what we could do. I believed in manifestation. I believed in planning. I believed in family. I, I did everything I could to keep my family together, man. And like, and and we in real time were attacked. I went, we went through the DHS stuff. We, I, I formally man. was incarcerated. I went through this kind of stuff, went through the persecutions, you know, through social media, people slandering yeah. my name, all kind of, I, I went through that. A lot of people, you know, those locally may know about it, but the people nationally don't. But yeah, I went through right. it. I tell them 
those pieces about, you know, what I went through. And I talk about it like for myself. It's not something I project for my children because I want to give them the most peaceful life that they can have. And again, this these are not things that were facing and attacking them. They were, they, yeah, they were vicariously through me. But right. the thing about it was I knew it was coming. As crazy as it sounds, I knew mm-hmm. it was coming. There was no way that as an African-American fighting this system, coming up with something different to defy the odds and do it in a non-sports way that I wasn't going to get attacked. And yeah. I, I realized that. And I, and I give everybody this example. I want to talk about LeBron James because that's one of the guys that I looked up to. And even though he's younger than me, but I looked up to him and follow his story, man. This dude is so hated. It's so many pe- people that criticize him, that talk about him. But when you really break down what he did, you know, he ain't the GOAT. You know, he flops. He They look for everything wrong with this guy. But let's, let's break it down. LeBron don't got no baby mama, bro. He got a wife. Mm-hmm. He got three kids. I actually know LeBron's son's name, Bryson and Bronny, you know, because he advocates for him and we know who they are. And it's a lot of NBA players, including Michael Jordan, that have children. But guess what? I put up a thousand dollars for real if somebody could just roll off three of Michael Jordan's kids names. We don't know them. We don't right. even know what they look like. I'm, I'm just being for real. You, you would lose the thousand dollars. And it's always the you know, Mike is better, you know, LeBron ain't this, this, and that. And I'm like, LeBron built a high school, man. Right, He built a high school that guarantees college. Okay, this dude never went to college. He never went. Grew up in a single-parent home, defied the odds, not a drug addict, ain't got 18 baby mamas, family man, supported son, and they constantly bash this dude. Constantly bash, you know, you ain't, you know, LeBrick. I mean, I'm like, dude, if you got a problem with this man, if you got a problem with LeBron, I'm, I'm questioning your moral standard. You know what I mean? Right. Like, who, <laughs> why are you tripping with this dude? Because one thing I look at, man, um, is none of us are perfect, and that's just like an unrealistic right. thing. And and you're gonna face trials and tribulations. And just like I said, in sports, this dude has broken so many records. People not looking at, you know, he literally won championships with three different teams. And then when you talk about Michael Jordan again, you still got Phil Jackson that everybody forgets about. See, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan's coach, got 11 rings, homie. He got six with Mike and Absolutely. five with, with Kobe. How are we acting like head coach leadership don't matter? It does. Bro. LeBron, listen, man, yeah. LeBron yes. did this, bro. He did this without a field caliber, you know, head coach. So he's 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 galvanizing and putting things together, man, in three different teams. And I'm just not just speaking on the sports, but I'm saying in addition to that, he's an advocate for social issues with African-Americans. Right. I've never seen Michael Jordan wear a Black Lives right. Matter T-shirt. Right. I've never seen. OK, him. so you're going to start an argument, bro. Oh. It's going to be a whole. <laughs> so let's get back on. Let's get back on topic. OK, Elijah. But, but this is topic, though. And that's I, the got thing. Questions. I got some, I okay, got go some ahead. questions too. So I want to make sure we take control of it. Okay. So they said, how do you deal with siblings rivalry? How do I deal with sibling rivalry? Yes, because my I, children, know, I know or, Shania and Rache are both headstrong and I work out with them in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that they talk about having gloves and I know you guys are really torn, team oriented and you create yeah, a right. sense of union. Y'all really, really ride for each other. It right. is dope the way you create union. So how do you handle conflict in such a way that you can keep everybody on the same page? 
Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, first and foremost, they know about my siblings. Okay, so I, I literally come from a superhero team myself, yet mm. none of us get along. Like, I mean, literally to the point to where none of us speak. So they they actually, on my end, they don't have any communication with any of their biological aunts and uncles, like zero. Wow. And that's because that's because we were pitted against each other. Okay, so our yeah. family was targeted and pitted against each other. Okay. There was, oh, who's the smartest? Who's the best? This, that. I don't allow my kids to compete with each other. And one of the things people ask me is like, hey, why'd you name all your sons Elijah? It is, it's for unity. It is very hard to say, you don't speak to my brother. And somebody say, you, you mean your brother Elijah? You don't speak. I'm Elijah and I don't speak to Elijah. Very difficult to just deal with that psychologically. So everything when I when my family was being created, it was based on unity because I I came from the disunity. I came mm -hmm. from the chaos. I came from the madness. I came from the jealousy and envy. And I said I was intentional Man. about that. I was like, no, that's not going to happen here. So even when my boys would wrestle, um, they would ask for Chupa and, and and my middle son to wrestle against each other. I say, ain't no way in hell. Like, not happening. Like, there's nothing we're going to do on any in any way, shape, or form to compete against each other. Like, much respect to what King Richard did, Richard Williams, and with the Williams sisters. Now, in our house, we look at that differently. I say, you see how they're playing against each other, you know, on national TV for the money? Ain't no way in hell we would do that. Ain't no way in mm -hmm. hell you're ever going. And I'm saying intentionally, we do not compete against each other. Now, we drive each other. There's a difference between driving each other. And I make sure that I definitively mm -hmm. tell them that you can only be the best version of yourself. Like, that's all you can be in life. You, so yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I never say, well, Trooper won these kind of awards. So, you know, Elijah Jr., you need to do this. My thing is, Help each one of your children find their own greatness. See, nobody sits the bench right. in my house. And you you can't mm -hmm. be a nobody. Like, we don't we do not do that. Greatness is mandatory. That is the standard in my home. Like, you don't get the option of saying, hey, I'm chilling. No, that don't happen in my house. No, everybody's going to be great. And the reason, if everybody's great, nobody's jealous. I seen where I, I exceeded certain, you know, my siblings in certain areas financially and things like, and they got jealous. And I say, you know what? If everybody was great, one thing that I noticed is when everybody's great, nobody's jealous. You know, everybody's right, winning. Yeah. Nobody's so that yeah. was my thing. Everybody has their own lane, their own greatness, their own skill set. And, and that's what I pushed them to be. And so we, we focus on, like, we literally get up, we do circle meetings, right? To where we get up and compliment each other. Okay. So we I sit like down it. in a family circle and you got to stand up and you got to brag on your siblings. We, that's intentional. That's intentional. It don't cost nothing. These are simple, yeah. but everybody Man, in the circle, make them get up and compliment each other. So is this, who came up with this? I mean, is this something you learned? I mean, cause these are very powerful tools, bro. Powerful. Bro, I, I, I literally, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to sound funny, but I literally prayed about a lot of this stuff in this Let's go, was God. revealed to me. It was revealed yes. to me, bro. Like, it's, I, I can't take credit. on, And I know that might sound yeah. spooky no, no, to some no, that's people. Perfect. That's no. Guess what? Guess what? Prayer really does work. It really and does work. And I'm going to tell you the thing about it. It's introspection. We have an inner intelligence that surpasses all logic. We just don't yeah. tap into it. Yeah. And I think one of the things, even from reading Shania's book, um, Read, Write, Listen, from what I from what I learned from that is introspection is so key and in taking that time to cultivate a relationship with yourself. 
that's one thing I noticed about your kids. They all have a relationship with themselves. And most people don't. Most right. people live in displacement or they live in disharmony. So there right. is so much more potential that's on the back end that most people are not connected to as far as the channel. So it makes right. perfect sense. I think yeah. also also the fact that it, you set the attention, you leave space, and you create an atmosphere for those things that happen is so important. How many of us just get up in the morning and go straight to work, right? Yeah. Or brush your teeth or make the bed, but go straight to work, right? Yeah. We don't even place ourselves first. So you guys are in such a good aspect where it's like you're devoted to you and your relationship with God at the beginning of the day. And that alone by itself could just, it just, it's exponential growth from that point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, man. I'm, I'm really, really grateful just to, you know, have the opportunity to implement these things. I'm thankful, you know, that God chose me and gave me a blueprint that actually works. Dope. Because, again, my kids asked me, I was like, Dad, you know, well, you didn't have a dad. So how, how did you become, you know, this type of dad? I was just like, some prayer works. You know what I mean? I know, man. again, I, yeah. know it's, I know it sounds old school, but it really does work. And if once you have the vision and i knew I, I what i thought about was i didn't want my children to be separated and pit against each other like how my siblings are against mm -hmm. me you know and I, I and each other you know i i just it, it disgusted me i was just kind of like dude we're a family grew up in the same house and we fighting and warring with each other i mean yeah. in public bro like just crazy type of stuff and i you know i don't care to go into all of that but that, that's a whole different story just thinking about it's, that it's tribulation a, it's that a went part through. of the past but it's how did yeah. It's a part of that. And that's, it's important for us to really understand that um, from this lesson from you and sharing just that bit is that so much of what we go through and so much of what, what our surroundings brings out of us and tries to put into us mm -hmm. is not, is, is we can take that, acknowledge it, receive it, accept it for what it is, but also look forward to building the life we want to for ourselves Absolutely. and our families. Absolutely. Like, so we can't we can't ignore those things and we can't just no. say that they you know those are th those things aren't important because they 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 are and so they thank are. you for saying yeah. and bringing yeah, that are. to the front man yeah, so how did how did you keep from allowing it to drive you because if this is your upbringing this is normalized which a lot of our culture especially being african-american we are driven from a lot of constructs and behaviors and beliefs that we learned growing up i mean right. let's just be real so considering you have you know surpassed a lot of these things you have not allowed them to be you know, perpetuated towards your kids, how has that impacted your journey? Because I know, like, man, I, I grew up in dysfunction, so I understand the role that dysfunction plays. I grew up in trauma, so I know right. what role that plays. And as a man, these are things that you have to grow from, heal from, and understand so that you don't pass it on. But it's not Absolutely. always easy. That means that no. you had to get to the point where you say, I no longer subject myself, find myself to these beliefs, and I'm willing to let it go. Yeah. So what does that look like in your For life? Me, for me, man, again, it was I, I, I truly believe I know that God had his hand on me and he chose me for this mission. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. what it was, because uh, yeah. to this day, when I sit back and I just look in the mirror, I'm like, I, I don't know how. Like, I, I don't know how I got to this point when I tell you, like, family is so important and it's so impactful and to be a full fledged war with your siblings. I mean, seriously, siblings, yeah. mom, dad, stuff. It, it was crazy and it and it, it set me back and I and it's almost in a way like a blur now because of where we're at. 
But yeah. I just know something inside of me said, keep going, keep fighting, keep striving, and don't give up. And that was the thing that just, I, I say, God had his hands on me, and it's evidence that that is real. But I, I knew deep down inside, I said, I don't want this to continue. I, it was just inside of me. I don't yeah. want this to continue. I don't yeah. want the war. You know, I don't want my children warring with each other. I don't want them saying my dad wasn't around. I don't want them dealing with the environmental traumas that I faced and, you know, right. psychological. I don't want them going through that. So I got to fight you know to make sure that those things don't happen and i have to be intentional like it wasn't a lot of us get lackadaisical and we do things without planning but y'all know that saying you know if he if you don't he who fails to plan plans to fail and that's absolutely that stuck with me that stuck with me and then the serenity prayer it really got me through a lot Mm. god grant me the serenity to accept the things that i cannot change the courage to change the things I can, I can. and the wisdom to know the difference. The difference I yeah. promise you, if you study that, if you study that, man, and really break it down, slow it down, study it and digest it, it can get you through a lot of the hard times because there are things that are going to happen in life that you have no control over. Like right. I was 13 years old and my uncle was like my only father figure. And I used to have a thing on the east side called the Strip. It was on 23rd. Yep. Thousands of cars. With, <laughs> yeah. Okay. My uncle was the one who died. He was the first and only person that died. But I was standing next to him when he got wow. shot and killed. So I remember that like it was yesterday. And when I tell you it changed the fabric of my life, that Man. trauma just looked like, you know, he was 29 years old. But hearing about, you know, hearing about a death of somebody is hard. And but seeing it yeah. at 13 years old, I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. I ain't got no dad in my life. My uncle was the only father figure I got, and I lost him too. When mm-hmm. I tell you, man, I was I, I felt like I was in purgatory, bro. I was like, why? What did I do wrong? Not knowing that that moment was preparing me to be mm-hmm. able to handle greater adversities because I didn't understand having to deal with that pain at 13 years old. I didn't get it. But then now as a man, I had to face several other pains throughout my life but guess what none of them were greater than that so every other right. case i could handle it i was like well mm-hmm. it ain't this bad you know what yeah. I'm saying? so i had went through what i consider the greatest pain that i had to endure at 13 years old and i didn't choose that man i didn't do anything wrong as a 13 year old kid yeah. walking with my uncle happy that i got some kind of father figure in my life some kind of man and then boom he taken away from me and when yep. I tell you, like I said, man, the state of confusion, and I remember like it was yesterday, and I was angry for a long time, and I still yeah. miss him. You know what I mean? 27 yeah. years later, I still miss him. So it don't just go away. And I, you know, I look at death a little bit different, but it don't just go away. But it still fueled me, man, to be able to drive and say, hey, look, I ain't going to give up. I ain't going to quit. I already know what pain feel like. So you can't scare me with it. That's just like I've been to prison. So when people like, you know, afraid of that or feel threatened, I face that obstacle myself, man. I've, I'm a military. Mm-hmm. This is what's funny. I'm I'm literally a military vet. OK, so I went to the military, U.S. Coast Guard. I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. You know what I'm saying? I'm a college graduate, got associates and bachelor's degree, but I'm also a felon. And, and so people hear that and they like, yo, whoa, man, this. Yeah, it can happen, too. I was I, you know, I did 20 months. I, I was gone and my family still thrived and survived because I set that blueprint. When you put that blueprint out there, man, and it and it's solid, then the and God got his hands around your family, y'all gonna be okay. So it's nothing you could tell me in life that can intimidate me, that can put fear in my I done seen it, man. I done been through right. the fire. Like, like I said, you know, 
when you being like through the fire fire, you, you when you see a little bit of flickers and, and people trying to come at you a certain way, it doesn't intimidate you because I know for a fact, if I didn't have purpose, I wouldn't be here. Okay. I would not be here if I didn't wow. have purpose. And I know for a fact that if God wasn't in my life, that he wouldn't have carried me through the storms that I couldn't have made it through on my own. And I will tell anybody, man, like we look at in life, we look at those perfect lives and the people shining and showing you what they want you to see. Cause that's what we do. We show people the signs that we want them to see, mm -hmm. but the storm, you know, the storms are very, very real. And a lot of them couldn't survive it. So I know that I've, I've lived through things and survived things. The average person couldn't make it through. So now how do you cast doubt in my mind at this point? You can't because I've Woo! seen the miracles of God. I've seen them. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So when you seen them and you yeah. actually lived them. And then the other thing too, is this, you know, the Bible says, you know, a tree by the fruit it bears. OK, mm -hmm. my children are my fruit as they are to anybody else. You know, and, and that was the thing I looked at. I looked at celebrities. I looked at certain great people, per se. And it's kind of like I was like, well, well, how did kids turn out? That was kind of something that was interesting right. to me. I'm like, mm. it ain't just about what you accomplished as an individual, because if you think about it, we even think about Dr. Martin Luther King. And you're like, hey, man, you know, he was a major icon. But then it's like, <clears throat> What are his kids doing? Are they at the forefront now? Because they're alive. And then recently, right. when they got the tripping over his Bible being sold, I was like, is that real? Is that really happening? When I saw that, I was like, come on, man. Like, that ain't what your father represented. And we got to understand what legacy means. And this is one of the keys, another key to my parenting. I say, look, parent with your grandchildren in mind. In mind, okay? absolutely. Parent with your grandchildren. So as I raise my children, I don't raise my children just as, okay, I'm raising my kids. I'm raising my kids with full intention of meeting my grandkids. And what that looks like for me means I don't care about fashion and jury yeah. and popularity. I care about passing down generational wealth, land, businesses, because you, you, you can't pass a job down. Okay, right. It has to be entrepreneurship. And I look at, I look at what uh, the Waltons did. Again, I studied the great. So the Waltons keep being born rich. You know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. have to worry about the struggles that you know that 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 we have to face. They keep um, they're born this way, man. They're born this way. Right. And I say, you know what? If someone takes the time in our generation and says, you know what, I'm gonna plan for my grandchildren, then by the time the grandkids get there, you know, things are put together. And it's not again, we man. move away from materialisms to positioning to land ownership, to generational yeah. wealth, to entrepreneurship. And and I that's something that I wanted. So I literally plan with my, my grandchildren in mind. Man, you know, it's crazy. Most people talk about generational wealth, but they do not have a generational mindset. No, no, not they at don't. all. Not even and a plan. Not even you know, a generational no plan. No plan. And, uh, and to be honest, a lot of us have been groomed to just make it day by day. So how can we even think in terms of generations whenever we're constantly in fight or flight and we're just conditioned to live in a survival type mindset where as of right now, I'm just grateful I made it to Friday, right? Right, right, How are we right. going to think leaps and bounds in generations when a lot of us are just grateful to make it to Friday? Right, right, right. So talk about that, bro, because that's it. I mean, dude, this this is a blessing. And this is why I, I, I definitely give God like all the glory when it comes to this. One of my friends, he said, man, I just hate that. I, I feel like I'm not where I want to be at. And I said, bro, we seen somebody die at the age of 15, right? Mom had cancer. Mom had stroke, loss of memory, had to be the father of the household, right? 
uh, father incarcerated, all these things that go, right? I said, bro, for us to even be in a position to where we can think clearly with a conceptualized idea of what we're doing now that surpassed pride, surpassed judgment, surpassed envy, surpassed self-doubt, to surpass all these lower levels of consciousness to be in where we at now is a mm -hmm. blessing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because most no. people don't do it. Let's keep it real. No. Most no, people do don't. not go through hills to get to the point to where they can do that. Right. That, if you look at the odds statistically, that was not supposed to happen. No, not at all. But then that that's a testament that says you were chosen. So uh, mm. one of the things that I say in my home is, how do you know who God's chosen people are? They're the ones who survived the storm. So that, that's the like thing about it. it. Go to any scripture. It doesn't matter what. Go read on the prophets, on the messengers, on the believers. And whatever book you're reading from, those powerful people that you look up to, they, they face adversity and tribulation. Uh, absolutely. And, and that's that's how that's how they were chosen through the fact that they made like it, it through the storms. So we don't we don't look at that again. Our society looks at, oh, who's out there without any blemishes, who, you know, made yeah. it and, and they don't have any problems. I go back and then that's when I reference Malcolm X. I'm like, do you know who Malcolm Little was? Like y'all talking Man, about Malcolm X. Yeah. You know who Malcolm <laughs> study Malcolm Little. <laughs> study Malcolm Little, okay? Y'all study him and look at the stuff he done and then look how great he became. I'm just not one of those people. Here's the thing. <clears throat> if, we, if society was going to give us the best blueprint, we would already be better, man. We would already right. be better. So look at the people like, <clears throat> again, study those greats, man, that survive major storms. But their yeah. story is so crazy. Like one thing I remind people, in addition to Malcolm X, <clears throat> excuse me, is Nelson Mandela. Most most of the young yes. people don't know who that is. OK, Nelson Mandela went to prison, came out, became the president of South Africa. But when we say that, we're not really thinking about what we're saying. He was in prison 27 years, bro. Right. I ain't talking about like two years, three, right. five, eight, 27. ten, twenty-seven. I can't even fathom what that's like. And I and this is what I say, man. This is one of the things that humbles me. Okay, one of the things that humbles me. I say, God, no matter what you took me through, it wasn't twenty-seven years. So thank you, <laughs> hey, man, listen, man. Nelson Mandela at the forefront, yes. bro. Hey, look, I've been through some heavy storms. I ain't did no twenty-seven years in prison, bro. Man. 20, so so when you feel like complaining, go Google Nelson Mandela, man. Yeah. You know, Google what he had to go through to get ready for his mission because we have to go through things to be prepared for our mission. Mm. So it made me stop complaining, man. And then there was another book. It's called The Slave Narratives. I literally implore everybody to get a copy. It's different variations. And what The Slave Narratives is about is people interview slaves um, or former slaves in the early 1900s. And, and what that looked like was they were asking them because, you know, they couldn't read and write. They could talk to the best of their ability. And they, they you got to read the ones that are unedited. OK, you don't want yeah. the ones where they're interpreting what they're saying. You want it where the slave is speaking like they know how to speak. And a lot of these people at the age of interview were in their 90s, just to let you know, in context of how this worked. Mm. Well, in the slave narratives, they're talking about what their daily life was like on that plantation. I ain't talking about watching Roots, bro. I ain't talking about watching 12 Years a Slave or none of these movies. Man, listen to these people's voices. Listen to their stories. And I promise you, it's, it was just so humbling for me because I was one of those people. God, why? Why you do this to me? Why you take my uncle? Why? Man, I started reading The Slave, and I said, whoa, whoa, Man. whoa. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, yo, bro, they just went through what? They did what? And I Man. said, I said, thank you. 
I tell them, thank you every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I'm telling you, man, whatever you're facing, when you look at what our people as a whole face, you saying it's 400 years of slavery. Then you're talking about Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Then you're talking yep. about civil rights. Then you talking mass about incarceration. mass incarceration. I said, bro, listen, I won't complain. I won't yeah. complain because when you think about what that looks like, and then <laughs> even, in, even in, in, when I was incarcerated, man, and this is crazy because I actually, you know, having two college degrees, <clears throat> I learned more in prison than I did in college. I know people don't want to hear that, and that's not a popular thing to say. <laughs> and I'm not saying go to prison to learn anything, but right. what it did, let's talk about what it did. It, it slowed me down. Right. Be still. That's what it was about. God's message to me through that was be still, be still. Okay. And I need you to study and learn. So I did my most, the most reading. And I literally read over, I want to say 60 books while I was incarcerated. That's why I did my most reading. And now it's like standard to me. I'm like, man, you, yeah. man, you better have a book. You better be reading something. Yeah. We miss out on those things, but it's, it, and I never in life would have thought, and most people wouldn't think that you could take, a bad situation and something good can come out of it. But I go back to nature with that one. And I tell people this, you know, when you see your beautiful plants, cause, cause again, my family is a garden. When you see the beautiful plants, they have to have fertilizer, right? Absolutely. Fertilizer is cow manure. Okay. So this is, this is something a creature's defecating. And then you, you're using that to fertilize and grow something else. Well, what message is that you can take some of the most horrible situations, some of the, the biggest storm, some of the greatest challenges, and you can use that to as fertilizer in your life. So whatever, like what I tell people is when you throw stones at me, bro, I'm building houses. Absolutely. And I got a real estate company on me. So keep tossing. <laughs> yeah. I'm keep yeah. Because it's motivation. It's motivation. Don't, I, I, the reason I tell those sides of my story, bro, because I'm not ashamed of anything. I'm grateful to, to show the world that no matter what the devil throw at you, no matter what your haters throw at you, no matter what society throw at you, if God chose you, if you are intentional about your purpose, you still going to grow. And then when you see, like, I'm, I'm the rose in the concrete, bro. The Absolutely. one that they was like, hey, you, you ain't going to grow. I said, I beg to differ. I will. Right. Just give me time. Right. Just be patient. Go ahead. The beauty of it, I think, is that people should be able to take encouragement that even when you're at your lowest, it's still a part of the process. It is. It it's is. still a part of the process, it bro. It's just we get it so is. wrapped up with looking at the condition as our sense of identity. So we perceive yeah. our season as who we are. Right. And we got it totally messed up, man. But if you can always keep that idea like, dude, this is a part of the process, you can appreciate it no matter where you at in life. Yeah, no this, matter where you at in life. Go, go ahead. That, that's it, man. I, I So I want to say this. There's, there's Elijah, you mentioned being a part of um, a 586 Sigma fraternity incorporated in. and I'll tell you this is where you and I met and and here's something that when we talk about um, the foundation of kind of who you are and what you what, what you share and what you teach in in your family and in the community one of the things that that I always look back on and can appreciate and I don't know if I've ever said this to you publicly but I, it has to be said today is thank you because one of the things that I learned um, in you were instrumental in my becoming a part of this fraternity 20 years ago, 20 years ago, the experience of, of becoming a member of this fraternity in the short time that we spent together and that you spent as, as a leader and a guide 
through through me and my nine other brothers who came into this fraternity together at Langston University in the Beta Epsilon chapter, the 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 very lesson that that we can attribute so much of our success in our fraternity in our personal lives is that you made it very clear that we were to step up to being our best selves, mm. who we were, not not the best version of the the brothers on campus or the best version That's of who they man. thought we were supposed to be, but but you constantly drove into us that you're here to be your best self, you. So if that ain't you, don't do that. Don't need to I be like that. It. Try to be that. And that, like, we see that 20 years later in, in the lives of your children and in the lives of those of us who you Yeah. Like, I'm saying that I'm a testament to that in who I am because we walked away. The 10 of us walked away in that experience going, okay, I'm on a mission to be my best self, which means this is how I show up. Not... This is how this is the mold that they're setting for us here. Mm. And, and those of you who who um, who know us and who know me personally, um, you know, the truth in that. And so I, I, I don't want us to finish without saying thank you from the community. Yeah, bro. Elijah. Like, thank you from the community, bro. Man, and it's so crazy when I think about it coming full circle. Me and Elijah had a conversation. He was thanking me for some of the things that we've done with Modern Manhood, just oh, yeah. saying, Dude, you guys have created the only platform for men like this in a space like this. There's no one else doing this. So why wouldn't people not be behind this? He's like, I yeah. have I have no understanding why no one would not want to be behind this all the way in the way yeah. that we are. But I think about the beauty of even 20 years ago, bro, you was impacting Dr. Damon's life. You know what Man. I'm saying? And for it to come around full circle and you be contributing where you are, like, dude, we really, really gratefully appreciate you. Like, I have been waiting for this interview for a long time. And I didn't even know Elijah before we had the first meetup. Elijah yeah, yeah. came to the first meetup. And when he came and told his story, I was like, okay, we got to keep doing this. This yeah, is bigger yeah, than know. us. This When you came, you helped me realize, like, this is really bigger than us. And I told Damon about you. Absolutely. And Damon was like, I, I already know him. I was like, oh, my bad. I'm late to the party. I'm late to the party. My bad. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's crazy because here's the thing. Um at that time, you know, I knew what I felt. And a lot of people don't know this. Back when I was their assistant, you know, Dean and, and uh, helped cross them, uh, I, I faced adversity in doing that at an HBCU, man, because, you know, that's, you know, people was pledging at that time and they wanted to beat on them. And I was just like, nah, bro, that ain't happening. And I actually got kind of outcasted and, you know, mm -hmm. blackballed for that and was just like, hey, man, I'm not, I, I'll fight every last one of y'all. I ain't let y'all, you know, whoop on these dudes. It's about them building a brotherhood and beating down the next brother, telling them that's the only way he could be your brother. That sounds like a gang to me. Like, we yeah. ain't no gang, man. We're fraternity and not knowing that. They were, and I said this too. I said they was gonna be the greatest line to ever cross at Langston, and I promise you they are. They they rock it like for real, for real. In addition <laughs> to that, not knowing that putting in that planting that seed grew the tree that provided my shade. Make sure people understand wow. that now. Planting yeah. that seed grew the tree that provided my shade because with Dr. Damon and you creating a platform that allowed me to tell my story and open up. And I've never had that opportunity in my life. When I tell you, bro, mm. that the manhood masterclass was the first time in my life I had ever cried in front of men. I'm 41 years old, bro. And I don't cry. My kids will tell you like, I ain't, ain't never seen daddy cry. Um, yeah, that was man. the first time that I opened up around men because I understand how uh, we have to protect our image. I understand how we look at, you know, tears as a point of vulnerability, but bro, I felt so safe. 
the energy felt so genuine. I, and this is after I've been betrayed, stabbed in the back, yeah, slandered. People ask me now, man, after you went through that, bro, how are you able to trust again? I follow the steps, you know, uh, I follow God, God's footprints. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I follow that and he brought me there. And, and when I'm seeing the, 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 when I'm here, cause Damon wasn't there at that right, point, but right. and I didn't even know he was involved at the time. Man. <laughs> it just blew my mind, you know, as I, when I met you and I found out later on, I'm like, wow, you know, this is crazy, but man, I truly appreciate what y'all brothers is doing, man. And it touched and changed my life. And I got my kids involved and I advocate real heavy. Anybody, trust me, man, this is a blessing, not just to our community, but this will be replicated nationally and globally because I'm Let's telling go. you, if we listen, if we don't, if we fail without this platform, if men cannot heal, and I want I want to make it very clear on what this is. This is a space for men to heal. And trust me when I tell you we broken and we don't have a place for that because I've been looking for years, bro. I've been looking for years and to go somewhere judgment free where they say, look, man, we got you, man. It's, it's a blessing. I appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Good job, man. Dang. Wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> man. Boy, you better be glad I got my shades on. <laughs> I don't. And this is, listen, man, thank you for that. This is, um, this is the beginning, man. And, um, we, we, like we received that. We received that man, completely. Y'all, I I don't think there's anywhere to go from here except to, to tell you guys that the masterclass is tomorrow. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> like, it is. there's nowhere to go from this space of understanding, um, really, just your journey and and the power that you have you have um, sown in your family and in your legacy and in yourself. Because that's where it began. You know, you tell the story of how you had to be placed um, by God in a space where you really had to see yourself and decide who you want to be and what that looks like generations to come. And parenting with your grandchildren in mind, and 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 studying those who have come before you, because you know that you're not reinventing the wheel. No. You're taking the wheel and building a better vehicle from I those like who have it. already Woo! done that. So when we say that, this is what we've built. This is how we feel about what what we've created with the masterclass, and this is tomorrow. So we're doing a masterclass tomorrow, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up um, the the visual, and I want you guys to really understand what we're talking about here. The masterclass is an experience. It's a live experience and an opportunity for men to come together. And our goal in coming together for those two hours is for us to see ourselves clearly, to see ourselves and our values and our ideal self for who we know ourselves to be. And to not only see, but to put in the 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 work, the introspection, the reflection, and the community work together to learn to walk into that space. Every single man who comes to our experiences walks out a better man no question no question so tomorrow at rose state college at 10 o'clock we are inviting you men to show up for yourself for your family and and for your for your community we're gonna we're gonna celebrate what it looks like to be a man in a modern world that's asking more of us than just being a provider and protector and we're gonna show up and we're gonna show out so Yo, we're excited about this because we are we are partnering with Rose State College, who has given us an entire building 
to do this tomorrow. An entire building. And we're 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 excited to really partner with with an organization and and a program that really wants to see us thrive and and grow. So for any male students who are 17 and older, come for free. I want you to register on the website, but you don't have to. Show up and register on the spot. So if you know any men, any brothers, any young brothers who are 17 and older, they need to be at Rose State College, the Community Learning Center, tomorrow at 10 o'clock. And I'm not saying they need to come alone because that means you need to come with them. Absolutely. Come in there and be in the lobby or be in the auditorium, be in the space that says we value what it looks like for our community to have strong, intentional, vulnerable, yet powerful men to make sure that our grandchildren have what they deserve. Man, Man I love it. This is real. I love it. That's real. I think this is what Damon says. Donnell, tell, tell them what we got coming up. <laughs> All right, so you guys, he mentioned it. Elijah, man, thank you so much for coming on our platform, bro, for sharing your heart. All right? I know it's never easy um, for having the, the tenacity and courage to be vulnerable enough to tell people, man, no matter what you come from, man, God, if God has chosen you, you will make it through. I, I'm going to say the one last thing that just hit me, we have to be the evidence of God's promises. We have to be it. the evidence of God's promises. That is powerful, it. you guys. I, I hope this yeah. message blessed you, God. My homeboy Winfrey said it was good word, Kings. I know we've been on a little over an hour. Who else is on here? Man, shout out to everybody that showed up today. G, what's happening? What up, baby? Liz is on her. Wifey, yeah. you know what I'm my best friend. Uh, Pompey, what's up, Eric? Sabrin, man, it's a lot. Kenyatta, we appreciate y'all. I also right. shout out to all of the uh the volunteers for tomorrow, because we know you guys, some of yeah. you are volunteers, so if you love to show up to just volunteer, you're more than welcome. We really appreciate that. But listen, this Masterclass is the best programming platform that I'm grateful that we was able to create and go forward with yeah. it, because no, this no. thing is on fire. So if you're looking for an amazing opportunity, too many of us do not take time out for us. This right. is your time. So if you're looking for the opportunity to level up in your life with brothers who are just doing amazing things, show up. Take two, two, take two hours at your time. I got people to like, bro. I can't. I, I may have to leave early. Cool. Come for an hour. Come for thirty minutes. Do whatever you need to do to just tap in. Because if you come here, I guarantee the program will change your life. We've seen it happen time and time again. All right. Absolutely. Listen. Check us out. Go to our website, manhoodmasterclass.com, so you can get more episodes from our podcast, so you can learn when our next meetup is, so you can learn when our next masterclass is, so you can learn when our next six-week virtual retreat is. Because oh, yeah, that's going to be fire. Listen, it's going to be amazing. So thank you, Elijah. Bro, How can they follow I, I, you? How can yes, they follow how can they find you? Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I'm getting my Instagram and stuff together, man. Uh, so right now they can, you know, hit me up on Facebook. Of course, it's a Elijah Muhammad is a popular name. You know, I'm named after <laughs> the Honorable Elijah right. Muhammad. <laughs> so, so it's it's popular. But I'm I'm on there. My icon is with my kids, and I got my family in the back, so they can uh, uh follow me there. I'm I'm in the process of building that, but. At the time, like now, I was I was I'm working on Shania and my other kids, right. and I just I literally intentionally put my stuff to the side because I'm like my baby girl graduates and makes history yeah. in in five and a half weeks, so let's That's just focus, focus on yeah. that. So yeah, and then my wife just becoming a doctor. I love yeah. you. You are my rock. If you're listening, 
and I, I'm so serious. You mean everything to me. I could not do this without you. And when they tell you that behind every strong man or great man is a, is a great woman, and yes. I'm saying, I, I, I want to challenge that. I just want to challenge that. It's not behind. It's by their side. Beside, I like it. Beside yeah. every great man yeah. is a great woman. And I got that queen like she liked that. And I'm proud man. of that. And she be coming with the razzle dazzle. She'll look spicy, dad. She's oh, yeah. spicy. Wifey with that, man. Wifey yeah, with that. Like, I'm blessed, bro. I got, I got a, if you seen the movie 300, I got a Spartan with, for real. She, she with yeah, she, yeah, she ain't playing, but she with that. Love I ain't got to worry man. about nothing. I got that Spartan. Thank you, bro. Listen, everybody check in with us again, manhoodmasterclass.com. And if you try to find the right Elijah Muhammad, come to us. Yeah. Obviously, we, we listen. He's in the man cave. We yeah, got it. We, yeah. we in the man cave. Let's go. Yeah. Y'all yeah. need to connect with him. Y'all know y'all got to connect. Y'all got us. We here and, and vice versa because this yeah. is we're, we're excited about what we're building here. All right, man. Let's All go right. out there and be great today, man. I love you guys. Love you, Happy fellas. Friday. Peace. Thank you. Peace.